Welcome back to the Company of One podcast. This is your host, Dale Callahan, and we're on episode number 149. I know when I started this doing the episodes and uh, to think that you were going to get to 100, well, we're there. We're at 149 and continue to put them out. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Thank you all that have given me feedback. And uh, I'm always looking for feedback, always trying to understand what it is you're looking for, uh, how to how I can add value by doing this podcast. So bef- I want to first, on that subject, talk about uh, my, my podcast reviews. I'm really trying to get podcast reviews for those of you trying to uh, that are listening. Uh, think about this. Give us a podcast. Give us a shout out. I'm going to give a shout out back to you. Uh, if you do a podcast review, shoot me an email. Um, so what I want to do, though, is uh, go out here and talk about Jackie Ulmer. Now, Jackie's was was in my mastermind group, so I had to pick on hers. Uh, and this is a, a review she left on iTunes. So it's down-to-earth facts. She says, Dell, thanks for your real, honest, down-to-earth style of educating us on the timeless success principles as opposed to the myths that we make up about things. As a member of your mastermind group, I promise we are not laughing at you. We are inspired by you. Mastermind groups are great things. As a matter of fact, mastermind groups are probably a great thing for the topic we're talking today uh, is because it's a chance to get one-on-one with people or, or a group, small group of people and really challenge each other. And that's why she's saying laughing at each other. We, um, we oftentimes uh, really push each other into the corner in a good way. So thank you so much, for Jackie, for that, uh, for that review. So today, though, I'm talking to those engineers and technology people out there, uh, those people who are aspiring to be technology and engineers, and I'm talking about the issue of growth. This is something I'm actually teaching in a professional development course uh, at the university and working with a group of engineers trying to help them look at how they grow. And there's all kinds of subjects that we're talking about. But this one subject, under the company of one model, we talk about research. We call it the chief research officer under the company of one model, where you look at yourself as a company. You have four different roles, operations, finance, uh, marketing, and research. Operations, finance, and marketing, we kind of understand. It's that research role that I spend a lot of time talking about. So, the, But today, I want to just get your attention and to think about why you need to continue to grow. Because as an engineer, a lot of times when we grad- graduate, we're fairly tech savvy. I'd say most of us are tech savvy. And again, I'm, I may be using the word engineer loosely. Anybody dealing with technology, we, we dig the technology. We feel like we're on the bleeding edge. As a matter of fact, we feel like we create the bleeding edge. But blinders can come in. So let's talk about how do you continue to grow and why you should even think about it. Right now, I'm just going to talk about the why. I don't want to burden you with uh, too much information. I'm just going to kind of go down a couple of simple facts. Why is it, I mean, one of the things you first have to do is recognize how critical it is to grow as an engineer. That's the point I want to get in your head today. 
first and foremost, most technology professions are changing rapidly. I know you know that. We all know that. This is biting all of us in many different ways, no matter what profession you're in. But it's coming so fast and furious with uh, the technology, and there's very few technology sectors that this does not impact, that it's really hard to keep up. As a matter of fact, it's impossible to totally keep up. And so you really got to stay in the game and keep learning and keep growing. New engineers graduate, and I'm using the term graduate. I'm even using the terms engineers in quotes, right? Uh, what do we mean by engineers? What do we mean by graduate? It doesn't, every single year we have new people out in the field doing things. Now, whether they graduate from an engineering school, they just learn the skills, they come out of the military or something with skills and they can do the work. That's what employers care about, right? And employers are so hungry for tech talent, which is a great thing for you if you're a tech person. But it also has a downside. We're in an up economy. And we probably will be in technology for some time. But when it takes a dive a little bit for any number of reasons, and it does, then all these new talent that has entered is probably better off, right? They're fresher, they're meaner, and there's always constant pressure on companies to make the best use of the workforce. For most companies, the workforce is the most expensive thing that they have. So when they're looking at the budget, the most expensive line item almost always is in is salaries. So the fastest way to get control of your budget during a down period or something is just to cut jobs. And I don't mean that brutal. I don't mean that ugly. This is just business. So there's constant pressure on them to do that. So as new people creep in and new people maybe know new things that you don't. And so I, I remember being in this when I was at AT&T, Bell South, that I was working on the brand new bleeding edge cool stuff. And before I looked up within months, I mean months, suddenly there was a new team working on the cool stuff. And I didn't know anything about it. And before I knew it, we were the old stuff. And it just happened that fast. Matter of fact, the team that we were part of and the technologies we were part of, they don't even call it that anymore. It's just business as usual. And it was not exciting. It was not the cool stuff. And, and that new stuff, it went away too. It just happened fast. And so was it, you know, was it months? No, it was, it was years. It was a couple of years. But it felt like months. It seemed like months. By the time you noticed it, it was months. So as new people walk in the door and they have these skills and you're still working in the old skill set and then it's time to cut people later, who do we want? We want the people with the new skill sets. So that churn, the great economy has its downside as it turns down. It depends on where you are in the cycle. So you just really need to, to recognize how critical this is. Companies are always exiting old stuff and moving to the new. Where are you in this? What part are you in? Are you in the new stuff or the old stuff? 
Think about it, whether it's programming languages, whether it's hardware and systems, whether it's ro uh, manufacturing from robotics to, uh, to artificial intelligence. Where are you in the pack? Are you supporting the old stuff as it's still part of the company? Right? We, we call that in the business sector, we call it your cash cow. It's the stuff that's still making money, but it's going away. So we support it. You know, we think about mainframe computers might be there, right? I don't know if they are or not, but maybe. People who are do, doing COBOL programming, they're still out there. Is it going away? And how many other systems are going away? Any, so anything, any skill set tied to a system, a technology, a specific type of ability tends to go away over time. So looking at this, current innovations are going to always change the game. There are major movers in tech. So there's a great book. Um, <coughs> we'll talk about this more in a future podcast, but the, uh, the book's called Bold by Peter Diamandis. And it's just bold. Go to Amazon, look it up. Matter of fact, I'll put a link in the show notes at delcallahan.com slash 149. There's a link to this, and there's a link to some past episodes where I talk about this subject in a little more detail. But there's some major moves in technology sector. And he categorizes them and goes into detail in the book Bold. I'm not going to go into much detail right now, but network and sensors are number one. Networks and sensors are everywhere. Everything is sensed. Everything has got a network. Everything ties to the network. We call it the Internet of Things, but that's just the beginning. Everything is connected. What's the impact? Now, okay, I say that. You know that. The second one is infinite computing. By that, he means we're not really worried about computing horsepower anymore. We're not trying to save memory. We're, you know, for a while we would try to do things to save memory on our hard drives, and we just we've we figured out how to get this infinite amount of memory, at least theoretically, and we figured out how to get infinite processing power, at least theoretically. But or maybe even practically for right now, both of those practically. So you have lots of networks, you have lots of computing powers. Number two, number three is AI or artificial intelligence. Number four is integrated knowledge. Oh, I'm sorry. Not I'm sorry. Number four is robotics, automation. And number five is genomics or synthetic biology. Now, all of those in, in, the, in their looking at them one-on-one -on -one is one thing. But when you start combining these, you get crazy things happening. So these major shifts in technology are going to bite people before you know it. You've got to be paying attention. I always use the example of the typewriter. And you think about um, the typewriter business, right? Do we even know what a typewriter looks like? We still have those IBM Selectrics, those big, giant, heavy-duty typewriters sitting in offices to fill out those crazy forms for some outdated agency that has no other way to do it. But... At one time, the IBM Selectric had people that were certified mechanics in IBM Selectrics. They were 
the best. They had the certificate on the wall, just like many of you might have a Cisco certificate or an artificial intelligence certificate or a certificate from some vendor on business analytics, whatever kind of certificates. Look around your office. What do you have hanging on your wall? What are you, pr- uh, what are you proud of? What's maybe on your resume or your LinkedIn profile right now? Somebody at one time had the IBM Selectric certification. And that technology died. And when it died, the people that were still working on it, it wasn't that they lost their job. Their career was not there. They got better and better and better at serving typewriters. And typewriters practically have gone away is the way we do business because we have computing right? We have computing power. You look at the publishing industry and what ebooks have done. Now, certainly, I'm holding a book in my hand, but ebooks have have dramatically impacted those people in the publishing industry. So every single industry gets bit by this stuff. So let's pick on the third one for a minute. AI, artificial intelligence. You may not know, but 80% of the jobs are not in the service industry, and some of you are in a service industry, are based upon four fundamental skills, looking, reading, writing, and integrating knowledge, pulling data from various sources, as he calls it. And I'm, I'm quoting out of the book bold. So the looking, the reading, the writing, the integrating knowledge are all things robots can do combined with artificial intelligence. Now, robots are the things that automate things, but if you can get artificial intelligence, infinite computing, networks and sensors, and robotics and put them together, the autonomous vehicles is an example of that. Uh, I was watching a video the other day about uh, military, the military dropping autonomous vehicles so an F-18 can drop out hundreds of these autonomous aircraft, very small, much smaller than F-18, and they work together uh, to, they could become a killing machine if they want them to. Because what they're doing is they're using this networks and sensors, they're using robotics, they're using infinite computing, artificial intelligence, all together, and when you combine those technologies, you get amazing things or dangerous things. And so that's what we're looking at. What's going to bite you? You've got to pay attention. Genomics and and synthetic biology, we see this going on all the time. We are at a tipping point with a lot of this. It's just beginning. We're seeing autonomous vehicles. We're seeing what Facebook and Google are doing and getting in trouble with, right, in terms of the ability to understand what people are doing, manipulate people. We're just seeing the tip of the iceberg because that data is out there. Now, that's scary but it's for, for one thing, but that's also scary for your job. If you know nothing about that except what you read in the newspaper and you're in the world of technology, you're not in a really great place. You've got to be able to pull these things off. You think about spinoffs of these uh, technologies. 3D printing, everything. Automation of the basic tasks such as driving. 
So let me give you an example. I'll put a link to this. Some of you may be familiar with Zoom Pizza. This is a pizza. This is a simple thing. But there's a company called Zoom, Z-U-M-E, out in California. And what they're doing is making pizza differently. Of their example, because what Zoom is doing is uh, they basically are combining robots and humans in the making of the pizza. So you order your pizza on an app, and there's a video. I'll put the link to the video. But you order your phone on an app. I mean, so you order your pizza on an app. It goes out and gets to them, and they start make the, making the pizza. And a robot spreads out the dough. A robot spreads out the sauce. Uh, and then a human has so many seconds to put on the toppings, and then a robot puts it in a very hot oven, and then they get it into the trucks and deliver it. It's not earth-shattering, but it's a lot more robotics than you go into uh, Domino's, which people are doing a lot of those jobs. Now, what they're doing is I think they're trying to develop baking on the go. So just imagine where this is going because these, these people are combining artificial intelligence, robotics, uh, for doing the simplest of things, making pizza. So what their goals are is how can they have a truck driving around, a big truck, and you place an order on your phone. It knows where you're ordering it from. It talks to the truck in the right location. The robots in the back of the truck start making the pizza because let's face it, putting the toppings on, it's something a robot can do. They just have humans doing it now. It puts the toppings on. It's driving to your house while this is happening, maybe in an autonomous vehicle. And then it's cooking the pizza, and they already have this going, baking on the go. It's cooking the pizza. They have the patents for these ovens that cook while they drive. Uh, so it's cooking on the go. A ro it's all robotic handled. They get to your house, and within five minutes, you've got a hot piping pizza you just ordered from your iPhone. That's what they're after. Now, that's pizza. That sounds cool. That sounds fun. But imagine that happening with your coding job. Think about the ability. That if a computer can... If we can program a computer, cannot a computer take specs and write the code? I mean, it, it, it's not that complicated to foresee that, right? And you may be saying, no, no, not my job. It's really complicated. No, if we can really pull back, a computer can develop new computer code, right? A, a computer can maybe provide better support. Remember, looking, reading, writing, integrating knowledge. Many of us as engineers, all we're doing is integrating knowledge, pulling data from various sources to solve problems, building things, supporting things, providing cell support for things. The magic is probably going to be anytime humans have to deal with humans, that's where it's really going to be good. But if you're not there, you are going to find yourself extinct. All of this is something you just have to be paying attention to. Because here's what we do as engineers. We take our jobs and we think we're good on the intelligence, we're good on the data, we're good on the... We understand the, uh, 
the technology. We got that. That's how we think. I get it. Me too. But while we're thinking that, we're so focused on our day job, we're so focused on the technology in our sector, we are not paying attention to what's going on. I was coaching somebody not too long ago in the oil and gas industry, and he made the comment to me that their industry will be doing business 50 years from now the same way they're doing it today. He may be correct, but I seriously doubt it. I bet in five years they're operating differently, and they may not need him. He doesn't know that. Every one of us, every one of your jobs is likely on the path to going away. We just don't know where it is. Is it a month away, a year away, five years away? I don't know. But everything is moving to something different. It's the natural flow of things. And it's going to look different. Are you going there as the, as the, as the, the quote says, are you skating to where the puck is going or are you chasing it? So you've got to continue to grow as an engineer. In the next couple of episodes, I'm going to be kind of think tearing part of this apart about how do you do this? Because we spent a lot of money on our education, whether we got it from a university, whether we got it through the School of Hard Knocks, or whether we got it through a whole bunch of things like Udemy courses and Coursera courses, it doesn't really matter. We've spent a lot of time and energy on our education and we were doing things, you've got to continue to grow. And we will be talking about how do you how do you continue to grow this without stopping what you're doing? How do you continue to grow while doing a day job? How do you continue to grow without paying another $100,000 to a college tuition? So I'm going to be diving down in that. I would like your feedback. You can shoot me at Dale Callahan, don't shoot me, but you can shoot me an email at Dale at DaleCallahan.com. Uh, certainly post a comment on the on the on the post at DaleCallahan.com slash 149. Uh, I do get all my emails. I respond to all my emails and uh, and look forward to hearing from you. And just as a reminder, love to see a uh, podcast review. So there's a link on the show notes, DaleCallahan.com slash 149 it says you can go to itunes and listen to it and you can post a review there if you do let me know love to give you a shout out thanks a lot and we will talk to you next week